0: only from Rustolium.
1: from barangaroo studios the osbiz cov is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance well hello hello it is the cob on the 27th of january all of the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Radha. How are you, Kyle?
0: I'm very good. I've got that uh, Monday, I suppose, feels after the public holiday with that Friday mentality. So it's uh, it's an interesting one, but um, a big week in markets and excited to be chatting about it with you.
1: Yeah, well, a positive finish to what's been a big week in markets. Week to date looks like we're up, well, let's call it seven tenths of a percent, but this month. Up by six and a half percent. This rally continued. Who would have thunk it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly been defying my best efforts as I try and catch the uh, reversal. It feels like there's something. About to happen here, and I wrote about that in the in the view today. But um, well, I suppose at the moment I'm just uh, being used as a little bit of fodder by the bulls right now because if you look on Wall Street, dips keep getting bought. The ASX pushing to nine month highs. It's uh, undoubtedly positive there when you look at uh, if you look at price action.
1: Yeah, across Asia, shares are at nine month highs. We saw very resilient data through the overnight period coming from the United States. So uh, fourth quarter GDP. Um, coming in hotter than expected Mm. interesting to note that that didn't sort of upset the apple cart in terms of good news being bad news for markets at least not last night we saw the dow the s&p the nasdaq all higher the nasdaq gaining it looks like unless something dramatic happens on friday for the fourth week in a row,
0: yes, it seems to be um, well not making all that much sense at least to me right now because if you look at that prices component as well, came in higher than expectations. It was down on the month price, so maybe that's what investors have latched onto, just perhaps. But I mean, you do look at the areas of the market that have even outperformed locally this week, and the ASX all technology. Uh, sub-index up by 1.8%. That's outperforming the whole lot resources up there, which makes a little bit more sense, obviously, with the China reopening story, but um, data still coming on hot. Well, you expect that to mean um, rates higher for longer, but tech doesn't seem to to mind. In fact, maybe investors aren't even um, too worried about that at all.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. I just had a chat with Jason Tay from Vertium about the China reopening and just how dramatically that's changed the equation. But you know, we, we know the impact that it's had on commodity prices and, you know, BHP up around record highs and all of those lithium stocks coming another good week. Um, but he sort of gave me another way to play that uh, China reopening or more so than that, just the fact that there could be potentially uh, not be, you know, a global recession, which we were talking about just a month ago, uh, particularly because of China's reopening. And, you know, Australia is still a net importer. So I don't want to give it all away. But if you search for that interview online, it'll be well worth a listen. So Jason Tafe from Vertium. Um, asset management. Um, But, you know, it, it's interesting because yeah, I spoke with Andrew Tysers from Nomura. He he expects, he says there's about a 60, 65 percent probability that there will be a recession here in Australia. The RBA is going to continue to hike after that big inflation read that we got here locally on Wednesday. Um, But even though there's this optimism about China, we've got BlackRock, Wells Fargo, New Berman, you know, all these big sort of asset managers in the U.S. still reiterating their recession calls there.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm still not um, going to discount what the yield curve is suggesting as well, which is that uh, we're heading for something of a recession too. So, those talks really have, I guess, subsided over the last few weeks. So, it does sort of kind of feel like we're in a bit of a catch-22 because, of, okay – the data is a little bit more, uh, a little stronger than before and perhaps uh, the soft landing is a, is a possibility uh, and China is a bit of a tailwind. Well, it doesn't necessarily say anything about, um, well, inflationary pressions going forward and how the Fed's going mm. to tackle that. It's uh, It means that they could be ten- potentially be more stubborn. So, uh, we'll see how markets try to balance that one out because I don't think it's been fully uh, digested. Um, certainly seems to be some dislocations for me in, in certain, um, I suppose, if you look at, across asset markets.
1: Yeah, I spoke with Peter Cadillo today from a Spartan Capital, and he was saying that he expects to see a 50 basis point hike from the FOMC next week. Look, yeah, I think that's uh, that's an outside call because everybody seems to think it's 25 basis points, and that was what the Fed speakers were saying themselves or seemingly lending cred- credence to that that view. But uh, yeah, a lot of it remains still. To be seen. I mean, uh, that FOMC meeting and whether or not they use that meeting to soften or change their language about the path for interest rates will be hugely interesting and likely, you know, set the market up for its next leg. Yeah, and, Where, uh, Whatever direction that may be.
0: Whatever direction that may and, and it will come. I suppose the other just, you know, discussion will have to be whether um, rate cuts do come at the back end of this year too because that's being priced in. Um, in I Australia as, as well. Um, I had a chat during the week with Gareth Ed, who said that that um, is going to be a discussion that uh, they expect will inevitably occur by the back end of next year. But um, just on the point of next week, FOMC Friday morning as well as 20% of the market cap of the S&P 500. So I really can't wait for that. Albeit I'm sure I'll be running around like a headless choice.
1: Yeah, well, that's all right. What else are you going to do? You know, um, Intel today, I thought that was really interesting, dropped about 10%. uh, Bleaker than expected outlook for the PC market, slowing growth in its key data center division. Just reminded me of Microsoft's earnings this week as well, that PC, you know, the personal computer division uh, was not very good at all. Cloud was strong, but yeah, there were words of caution about enterprise spending going forward, which of course you would, Anticipate in a slowing economy, hmm. um, you know, and even the the tech names themselves, of course, um, you know, cutting cutting jobs and reducing their headcount, just you know, because things are not. Um, yes, there's still some strong data points. Yes, the jobs market is still strong in the United States, but you know there are real headwinds to growth going forward with this um, bank hiking.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I guess it uh, is just uh, the question as we always ask ourselves how much of it is in the price because we saw tesla's results yesterday morning too and the stock surging off the back of that so um despite all this negativity again uh, microsoft rallying a little bit off the uh, their results and, and tesla as well it's um it, it is really really interesting to, to sort of gauge the market's response to some of these well fairly well, sometimes quite negative updates
1: Okay, so uh, look, locally, as far as um, news went this week, it was on the macro front, all about inflation. Uh, I continue to have a lot of conversations about the retail space. So one today, you know, there's lots of people saying there is a bit of value in some names. And then also, that some of these, um, you know, these, these retailers aren't doing too poorly. Uh, considering our propensity to to continue spending., uh, so that's sort of a theme that we've been watching. What are the other lo- local themes that you've been watching there, Kyle, on equities? Well, I think that discussion,
0: uh, in particular, around uh, disc- consumer discretionary uh, stocks, is a fascinating one because if you look, twenty twenty three year to date, okay, materials are up by ten and a half percent as of well as we're speaking, which is the almost uh, the end of January, effectively. Um, but in second place, there another cyclical sector, consumer discretionary stocks, up nine point nine percent to start the year. So, I've thrown that uh, little piece of trivia out, trivia out, on several occasions, but. Again, I don't know what to necessarily infer from that, but it certainly suggests investors want to get back into those areas of the market despite all these warnings from economists that uh, the consumer is going to be in a fairly tough spot in the year ahead.
1: Yeah, well, Meyer, I mean, that comes to mind from this week' strongest sales growth in 20 years. Boy, I wish I would have bought that share when it was um, really down and out. Four cents, whatever it was. Yeah. um, Look, buy now, pay later continued to be a bit of a focus this week. We saw Zip up and... uh, we uh, I actually chatted with Zip's co-founder, Peter Gray, earlier in the week. So you can go online to seek that interview out if you so desire. Um, and yeah, I think the energy space, we had a chance to speak with Karun Energy's MD, Julian Fowles, earlier this week. And uh, Karun Energy actually featured on the call today as a viewer question, uh, which brings me to the stock of the day nicely. We had ResMed's quarterly earnings out today. Look, it was a low-quality beat, in the words of June Beilu from Tribeca Investment Partners. Um, she was joined by Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Let's take a listen.
0: ResMed net, net in, if you look at the at the return, it is expected to grow more than uh, 15% so over the next few years. It has been a big beneficiary um, because its biggest competitor had this big, huge recall. But now it's get, having more and more problems. So I do think some of those recall and some of those short-term benefits that they have received um, because of that uh, will become a bit structural because of the reputational damage and things. And some of the um, new device that they sold into those areas where they normally wouldn't have been uh, will mean the higher growth growth. So, um, so I think this company looks quite reasonable, uh, 30 times earnings uh, next year uh, with the double digit growth for many years to come, um, you know, it looks very reasonable. Um, for me, it's a buy. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of the core cool healthcare holdings I have, um, you know, I think, you know, whether this world head into recession or not, there will be slowdown growth and this company uh, is going to be recession proof.
1: Um, I think longer term, that story that keeps on going, double digit every year, pretty much. Most years, you get a profit, profitable uh, holding of the share, so positive. Um, the only thing I maybe can add is that one of the disappointments in the markets is that when when Philips and Philips still mm-hmm. is in, mm-hmm. in in trouble with their with their product, um, ResMed has been unable to 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 grasp the the full benefit of that because there was this shortage in well, in, there were supply in just, chain issues mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, so else. so they couldn't yeah. really make, but. Pretty much everyone's convinced that they they now have a f- new advantage that will play out over the longer term. And I mean, Philips products have now been out of the market for almost two years. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine if you have one of those. Uh, in, in if you're using one of those, you're probably gonna gonna think about switching. I mm-hmm. think. And so there you go. Double buy. Straight to the investment committee. How's that? Yeah. Well, Henry Jennings is on the investment committee. We joked about it on air, Uh, like how it's not in the portfolio or why it's not in the portfolio pretty much comes down to him. Apparently, he uses their products, but just doesn't like the stock.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. Puts uh, pay to that notion, doesn't it? That you uh, buy the companies, the products that you use.
1: Yeah, I know. Interesting. Um, What's the data next week here?
0: Locally, well, I, I don't know. We could, the thing is, as well, uh, well, the th- sorry, pardon me. The thing is, is uh, with the thirty-first falling on Tuesday, know, we're not going thing. to. Uh, get the RBA this week, so they're going to be basically uh, report uh, reporting. Here I am, uh, already looking forward to earnings season. Uh, they're not going to be handing down their decision until uh, the week after next. But if you do look at the week ahead, I'm just sort of perusing the calendar now. Um, FOMC jumps out immediately
1: as ECB BOE
0: ECB BOE uh, US um ism manufacturing data jolts which uh, are going to be very very important jolts that's obviously the um a job vacancies data in the united states locally We're looking pretty lean here, but we've Mm -hmm. also got on Friday US non-farm payroll. So in the space of 48 hours, um, just to reiterate, we're going to have the Fed, we're going to have the Bank of England, we're going to have the ECB, we're going to have, I think it's Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet Mm, on that Thursday morning, and then the jobs data on Friday night. So it's going to be absolutely berserk at the back end of next week, obviously. It's certainly the end of the holiday period, to say the least.
1: Yeah, yep. No, it's uh, officially get your legs under your desk or home office desk um, next week because, yeah, summer's over. Kids head back to school mm. on Tuesday. So, look, this weekend is the last hurrah. We've got to get going. We've got the last call coming oh, up, yes. the uh, the first last call of the new year. Really looking forward to that.
0: Beautiful. We'll have a lovely
1: weekend. Thank you. You too.